Welcome to the podcast Game Changers with Jeff Newkirk, formerly known as Understandable Solutions. I'm your host, Jeff Newkirk. Hey, today on the Game Changers podcast, we're going to change things up a little bit and we're going to talk football. And I couldn't think of anybody more knowledgeable on the game than my own son, Peyton. So Peyton, welcome to the podcast Game Changers. Thank you for having me on. I uh, appreciate the intro. I, I know that's not true, but I, again, appreciate your intro that I know a lot about football. You do know a lot about football. So with that, what makes you so knowledgeable on football? What have you done um, in the sport and what are you doing now? Well, good question. So I am going to be coaching football for the rest of my life. So I guess that's a fair uh, statement for you to make. But uh, I, uh, I'm i coaching high school football in Cincinnati right now. I played last year in Indiana um, at a small school um, up near Fort Wayne. Um, good experience. And I am ready to pursue a career of coaching. So awesome. that is, I suppose, what makes me knowledgeable about football. Well, plus you live and breathe it and, you know. I mean, yeah, I have my whole life. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much your whole life. I would say. Even yeah, if right yeah, even if I wasn't coaching. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, considering I had the half bear, half packer jersey, you know, crawling around the floor. Right. So. Yeah. So and that was that was a little problematic for me because, you know, being a Bears fan, lifelong Bears fan and. Your mom, being a Packer fan, had to throw the Packers in there. That was brutal to see you. She's a big fan, but you know. But the but the fact that you're a Bears fan now that's that's awesome. Do you know the Super Bowl Shuffle? Of course, I know the Super Bowl Shuffle. What do you? Yeah, I grew up. I grew up with you. I know. I okay. I know what the Super Bowl Shuffle Can, is. Do you know one line of the Super Bowl Shuffle? This is oh um. This is the Bears shuffling crew. Yeah. Rolling down, down, something, something, something. Yeah, it works. Mama's boy Otis, one of a kind. Ladies all love me for my body and my mind. Yes, okay. that, yeah. And I was sad that I can, I know the entire Super Bowl shuffle. So it's, today it's funny. I get, go ahead. The, the the Bengals are, had they won and in the, were going to be in the Super Bowl, they're already trying to recreate it. Like I've seen videos oh, of them trying to done. recreate it. Can't be done. Super Bowl shuffle is a one and done. It's the 85 Bears. And those know, of us that were alive and the Bears fans uh, back in 85, we still live in 1985. There's no, there's been no Bears team worthwhile since. All right, so on Game Changers, since the Super Bowl is coming up, thought it'd be appropriate to talk football. And the Super Bowl last year, according to the, let's see, the Los Angeles Super Bowl host committee, there was an economic impact to the city of 234 to 477 million dollars. It's a lot of money. And the NFL is a big, big business. So my question is: are there any game changers in the NFL, either current or maybe have retired or passed on? So, Pate, in to your in your opinion. Like throw out your first, we'll go through a couple, but your first game changer who you think as an NFL player, have, they've used that experience and that platform to make a difference in this world. 
So I know that we talked about this right before we started recording. I just came up with another one. I think this one's going to be good. Of course um, you did. It just hit me. I'm taking another route. I know we were talking players um, and stuff like that. I'm taking another route. Why do you do route. that, man? You're just I'm like throwing curveballs all over the place. Okay, let's hear it. Bring it on. Um, I'm going to go John Madden. Oh, good one. Mm-hmm. Good yeah, one. Why? Just came, just came to me. So Turducken. John Madden. Yeah, Turducken. Um, Now, this is, you know, before my time. My experience with John Madden is the video games, his commentating, Frank Caliendo impersonating him, that kind of thing. But um, his passing, um, I mean, had to be, yeah, 2021. His passing very recently. He, uh, I can say, like, in my lifetime, he completely changed the game. He marketed the game where now it, it wasn't about, like, winning and and losing on Sundays, he took it year round. Now kids like are experiencing the game. Whereas prior, I'm sure it was more like adult based. It was like you would watch, you know, sit in the couch with a beer and watch the game. Well now like kids understand the players. They know the players. And um, I think his voice is just so iconic. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And his drawings were terrible, just terrible, but that's okay. Um, Yeah. I think uh, it just the ball over there and he catches it under over the goal line. That is a touchdown. Yeah. He would say some pretty obvious things. I know Frank Caliendo does a really funny bit on it uh, where he talks about that. Um, but I just think that he had such an impact um, on the game of football, but not only that, I mean, you saw in, over the last year, I mean, almost every game they would mention him just as his impact on the people, not, not so much the game, but the, the people themselves, yeah. like, commentators other coaches i mean when you ask you could ask like sean payton about people that influenced him and like changed his life i guarantee you you know one of the top five people he's gonna turn to would be john madden so for that reason i mean i think it's pretty obvious that he would be there i like it that's a good that's a good curveball i was afraid you were gonna throw something at me that i I wasn't gonna agree with but john madden that's a that's a good one so i took it all right show your knowledge what team did John Madden coach? Don't oh, Google it. Come on, I'm not man. Googling it. I'm just, I know that he was a coach for the Raiders for, okay. I think that was the biggest, his, his biggest yeah. stint. Yeah. So it, yeah, again, that's, that's much before my time. So yeah. Great, great team though. Um, Kenny Stanley was the quarterback. Oh, not, yeah. Fred Bolitnikoff, the Bolitnikoff Award. For the best wide receiver and then the NCAA. College. Yeah, it's college. Yeah. Okay. All right. My first one is I gotta go with the obvious Walter Payton running back for the Chicago Bears. Um, you know, when I was like 12 or 13, we went to the Chicago Auto Show, and he was standing in front of a Buick Regal. I'll never forget it. And he was wearing this sweater that was like probably three sizes too small because he was huge and you know he was just a massive human being but he wasn't that tall I mean he was like five foot eight you know I don't know what the roster would said but he was he was not that tall but he was just huge and he was so nice I mean all of these kids like me trying to just get his autograph and he was friendly and gracious and but then you saw him on the football field and he was running over people and he was just an unbelievable player. And beyond that, 
he was a humanitarian. You know, they have the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award now. So no coincidence there because he he really added value to the community. He did what he could to help people that were either hurting or disadvantaged in some way. So he he died way too young, died at 46 from a rare liver disease. But um, he's my number one, Walter Payton. So number 34, two, Chicago Bears. Two notes on that. I will say, um, looking up, you know, some of the players that I think mean something to me, obviously Joe, John Madden was definitely a curveball there, but players that meant something to me, one of the main things I looked for was had they won the Walter Payton Award and why, right? Yeah. So, um, Excellent. So do you have one? Yeah. So my next one, um, I figured this would be kind of an obvious one for the Houston area, but I'm going to go J.J. Watt. I think he just retired. Um, yeah, very popular will, in the Houston area. Yeah, I mean, you can talk about his accomplishments on the field. I mean, he's a five-time Pro Bowler, five-time first-team All-Pro. Now, I don't know if you understand, like, what Pro Bowl is fan-voted. So, I mean, you could say, oh, he's a Pro Bowler, but it's like, I don't know. It is what it is. But to be an All-Pro, that means that in the NFL, NFL players, and I think coaches, I could be wrong on this, but I think those two are the ones that vote for it. And it means that you are a top two player at your position across the NFL. And to you do that times five times, five times. Yeah. Quite an accomplishment. Three times yeah. defensive player of the year. So basically the MVP. Um, but I think what's more important is really what he did off the field. Obviously we're talking game changers. I mean, he raised, I, I was looking this up earlier. He raised over $40 million for Harvey hurricane Harvey relief, yeah. which I didn't even know that he Pretty had done deal that, in the Houston area. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of money to raise for, yeah. you know, people in need. Um, and I think that his story is pretty special where he gets recruited as a two-star central Michigan to play tight end. Mm -hmm. He went to college, to play tight end. And I mean, you know, 20 years later, he's retiring and he's going to be one of the top five defensive linemen of all time. Yeah. No, but he didn't start out with the Texans though, did he? I don't know where he was drafted. I think he was, let's look it up. I think he was drafted. I think he played most of his career with the Texans. Um, I know he was on Arizona. Um, well, he was, he later left the Texans and went to Arizona. Right. And that was, I know Texans people got kind of upset struggling. about it, but. Well, I mean, I don't blame him. The Texans were struggling, you know, probably wanted to try to be in a winner, but, but good, good choice. JJ Watt. Um and his brother plays for the Steelers? He has two brothers, actually, in two the brothers. NFL, and they, they both are on the Steelers, yep. Wow. So mm -hmm. three Once, siblings in the NFL. You imagine that household when those kids were younger? Yeah, you should see some of the specials that they talk. I mean, you could talk about the Super Bowl. The Kelsey brothers are playing each other in the Super oh, Bowl. Oh, yeah. 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 Right. But Both yes, went to uh, Cincinnati. They sure did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. So my next one. Charles Mann. Charles Mann, before your time, probably don't know him, uh, was a defensive end for the Washington Redskins. Now, if I say the name Dexter Manley, you know who, who I'm talking about? Dexter Manley? Yeah, Dexter. No? I think his name was Dexter Manley. He was the other defensive end for the Redskins. But Charles okay. Mann, so he was, he was a great defensive end for the Redskins. But beyond that, he, he started this foundation called the Good Samaritan Foundation. And mm -hmm. what they do is they provide a good environment for kids 
to gain skills and training necessary to become productive citizens. So he goes to the most disadvantaged and sees these kids as having no possibility at a good future, takes them in and helps them basically, you know, with their life skills and make something of themselves so they can actually be productive in life. So I think that's, that's huge. And not only that, but he's involved with uh, the United Way, Ronald McDonald House, another organization called School is Cool, and of course, the Boys and Girls Club. So Charles Mann is my my second game changer. That, that's a big deal. So I will say, I, I did not know who Charles Mann was. So I just looked him up on his Wikipedia page. I mean, this is very telling to what you're talking about. It goes, his college career section is that big. His professional mm-hmm. career is that big. His after football career is like that big. Yeah. And so, so for I those mean, of us without yeah. video, the uh, after his, career is double the size. It's double right? the size of his professional career, yeah. which that that definitely goes to show. I mean, he had more impact off the field than he did on the field. Yeah. And that's saying something considering three-time Super Bowl champion. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, he he was, uh, and he was huge, right? He's like six foot six or something like that. Yep, six six two fifty. Yeah, I mean, today probably two fifty, you know, below weight, but six foot six—that's a that's a big human being. So yeah, second on my list, Charles Mann. So I've got Walter Payton, Charles Mann. You've got John Madden. Who was your second one? JJ. JJ JJ Watt. Watt. All right, who's three? So third game changer. Let's hear it. So the last one, I'm going to say, I'm going to go, you know what? I'm going to defer to you. I'm going to let you go third. And then I have a list oh, and man. you might, why, you might why, take my third. Why are you going to do that? Because you may like take you're my me third. under the bus sometimes. I'm somewhere. not. No, no? go ahead. Okay. It's up to All you. Right. You're the host. You, you, you go for it. Okay. Um, I'm going Reggie White. Reggie okay. White. Okay. Who played for the Eagles and the <clears throat> Packers. It's really hard for me to say that as a Bears fan, but he was, he, he's a minister. So he was, I did not Baptist, know that. yeah, he's a Baptist minister. And he, he's the one that after the games would get team uh, players from both teams, go to the middle of the field, they kneel down, say a prayer. You know, he was looked at as more, I mean, more than just another player on the field. You know, obviously he was a force on the field. He was a uh, very well-respected defensive end however he did more than that you know he he was a true leader people looked to him um for guidance support and you know he was like the minister he was you know reverend reggie white so yeah he's my third um what you got on that i well i was just gonna say i so i never watched reggie white play but i knew that he was very dominant um because i hear all the people talk about when they when they throw JJ Watt into a conversation, it's like oh Reggie White, you know. Yeah. I he is an eight time first team All Pro. Yeah, Reggie White. That is mm-hmm. that yeah. has to be. There's I don't think anybody's going to touch that eight time maybe Brady, but eight times. Yeah. Wow, that is yeah, that's something else. And he um, he also died way too young. Forty three. Yeah. Yeah, he died. I think he had a, like a heart attack in his sleep. Because he had really bad sleep apnea, and uh, uh, very tragic, super tragic. But yeah, yeah. great player for the Eagles and the Packers. 
And yeah. So Reggie White, that's he's my third. All right. Who you got? So last one, quick honorable mention. Um, I'm gonna honorable mention Drew Brees here because I think I think talking about game changers and then my growing up on the football I watched, it would be a sin to not put Drew Brees in there. Oh, um, especially after you mentioned JJ Watt and Hurricane Harvey. Exactly. I mean, so J- he, Drew Brees and Katrina. So it's the funny thing about that is he had just gotten traded from the Chargers. A lot of people don't know that he was drafted by the Chargers. And then they were like, we're going to get Phillip Rivers. So they traded him to the Saints. So, I mean, the Chargers, I mean, you you make your own assumption who won that trade, Drew Brees or Phillip Rivers, right? But Oh, I think Drew the Brees, stats can prove that one. Oh, I don't know. I bet they're pretty close. I bet they're pretty close. The Saints um, won the Super Bowl with Drew Brees. That's the that's the that will be the separating factor. That would be the separating. Well, it's kind of factor. a big separating factor, isn't it? I agree. I agree. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's like I was listening to Colin Power talk today about how um, Aaron Rodgers. Everyone puts Aaron Rodgers in this category with all the greats, and he goes, "He's not even close. He only has one Super Bowl. Everybody else has two. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. There's it's a big it's a big factor. But <laughs> I will say he he had just been traded to the Saints, and um, I think he understood right away. This is this is way bigger than football. Like, yeah, I'm here contractually to play football, but I'm here in a city that needs my help. And I mean, I know he 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 personally donated like like one point five. I think it's one point five million dollars to rebuild schools, parks, playgrounds like throughout New Orleans. So um, interesting fact. I did not know this. He never won an MVP. In the great career of Drew Brees, never won an MVP. Yeah. But anyway, that's a long that's a long honorable mention. I will I will go into my third. Okay, let's my hear third it. is going to be it'll be a transition topic here. It's going to be Jalen Hurts, and the reason why it's Jalen okay, Hurts hold, is wait, because hold, hold hold on how how long has Jalen Hurts been in the NFL? I think three years, two years. He's a game changer already. It's a transition topic here. Okay. okay. All right. Let's hear it. Drew, Drew Brees. I would you're, say you're going up a mountain right now, but okay. Keep going. Drew Brees defines game changer better than Jalen hurts, but I'm going to choose Jalen hurts third, because I think that in today's world, he is a prime example of overcoming obstacles because you have Drew Brees who had a tremendous career. Uh, mm-hmm. He's now the quarterback coach for, I think Purdue, um, but tremendous career. Mm-hmm. Is the quarterback coach for Purdue? Yeah, I think that's new wow. since January, right? So that's awesome. But good for Purdue. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Jalen Hurts because I think his story is really special. And I know, you know, everybody that's listening to this, if you pay attention to the Super Bowl, they will talk about his journey again and again. And it's really special because he came in, his dad's a high school coach. Um, he he's done all the right things and he's faced some adversity that I think a lot of people in today's world, they come across that they're going to quit. Like he came in at Alabama. He was the SEC freshman of the year. He led mm-hmm. them to national champion, like or national um, championship game, the yeah. SEC title. He came in and then all of a sudden they get to the national championship against Georgia. He has a tough first half and they just pull him. They're like, nah, we're going to, we're moving on yeah. to Tua. And I mean, I remember that game. Yeah. I think, yeah and it Tua was, came in. And I mean, you know, Nick Saban's probably the greatest college coach of all time. So you can't really question his decision-making, but you had that freshman SEC player of the year and you said, nope. And then he went in the next season as the backup. He never complained. 
He didn't blame anybody. He didn't defend his situation. Like, oh, I was injured. I was whatever. He said, two is the man. I'm going to do everything I can to help him. Hmm. And he he went the entire year as a backup. And in the SEC championship, they were they were down and out. Georgia was beating them. It, it didn't look good. And yeah. they said, okay, Jalen, like, try to do get us out of here. Back he in? Did. He came wow. in and he won the game for him. It was it was pretty special. And then he took his journey to, over to Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley. And he's, I mean, he's a quarterback guru. So um, instantly Jalen had a lot of success and was drafted by the Eagles. And he was drafted, I mean, I don't know if you know like sports towns, but if you're going to go into the most hostile sports city you can. <laughs> Philly? <laughs> Philly has to be, you know, at the peak there. And he went in and he said, I mean, he said, I, I don't care if Carson Wentz is starting. Like my job here is to make my teammates better. And I remember talking to one of my really good friends, Logan, who, I mean, we love football and we talk about it all the time. And I was talking to him about, I kind of want the bears to draft Jalen hurts. And he was like, are you out of your mind? Like you, why would you do that? And I was like, I think I would just do it just to have him in the locker room. He doesn't have to play. I just want his presence in the locker room. Hmm. And I mean, lo and behold, his team's in the Super Bowl. Yeah. He played. He yeah. was an MVP candidate, you know. I don't an unbelievable win, season but... too for the Eagles. I mean, they finished and, with like two losses. Uh maybe, three? but he only has, I think, one or two this season. I know he didn't play towards the end of the season, but yeah. I mean, I think that his story is something that a lot of people in today's world can take and run with, knowing um it if you just keep grinding and you put your head down. You're, you'll get to the finish line. You'll yeah. you'll reach your ceiling. Like even if people tell you no, yeah. And I think that he's a prime example of that. So for that reason, I'm going to knock him in at number three on my list. Um, All right. Tough honorable mention, Jerez. I know. I like but, it. I yeah. Like it. And I think yeah. I think again, it's a transition piece here. So okay, transition piece to the Super Bowl. And before we even started the conversation on Jalen Hurts, I had my mind made up about who I was picking in the Super Bowl. Now, before we even get into the Super Bowl, I want to talk about the final or the second to last play in the Bengals game with the Chiefs. So the Chiefs won. There was the unsportsman call. What is your opinion on that call? That was, now I'm going to go back briefly. I think that you can't talk about the AFC championship without at least mentioning the officiating the fact. I mean, okay, if you're going like to talk about statement here, okay. If you're going to talk it. about, if you're going to talk about a game where officiating costs the game, you have to mention the AFC championship. I, I, I will say, I think the chiefs made more plays to win the game, but some of the calls that were made were, it was unreal. I've never seen any, anything like it. And that last play, I think that is called 10 out of 10 times. I think that was the right call. The unsports, the, you know, the late yeah. hit out of bounds. That's called 10 out of 10 times, especially yeah. if it's a quarterback, especially if it's Mahomes. Now, what I will say is if you go back and watch the tape on that play, that left tackle is hugging the <laughs> defensive end on the Bengals, hugging him and pulling yeah. his jersey down. No flag. Well, we Nothing. didn't see that. Uh, well, if you watch the tape, you'll see. Wow. I mean, the, on that, on that, I think it was the drive before, might have been that drive. Um, there was a block in the back on the punt return. It was, 
it was right in front of everybody. Yeah. Oh, it was obvious. No call. Hmm. Uh, The late hit. I will say the one comment I'll make on that late hit out of bounds on Mahomes. I do believe that's called 10 out of 10 times. Should be. Absolutely. Prior about like 2.30 left in the game, Bengals had the football in their own territory. And Joe Burrow threw a pass. And it was like one and a half seconds, two seconds after he let the ball go. And Frank Clark, the defensive end, who is going to have a big impact in the Super Bowl, he just hammered Joe Burrow and no flat. Yeah, and yeah. I remember watching, well, I was like. I mean, Joe Burrow kind of opened his mouth a little bit, right? A little trash talk. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was a little bit of karma. The fact that the mayor of Cincinnati, I don't know if you saw this, the mayor of oh, Cincinnati, the mayor horrible. of Cincinnati said, we need to, we, we're going to look into giving uh, Joe a paternity test to make sure he's not Patrick Mahomes' father. I, yeah, when I heard that, I was like, well, I mean, the Chiefs are going to win that game. You, yeah. can't, you, oh, can't, say you that. can't say stuff like that. I mean, that's ridiculous. No. So, but no, I, I do think, uh, I do think that call, it was the right call at the end. There was definitely I, some questionable things throughout the game though. I hated how they showed the player, you know, obviously distraught on yep. the sidelines. Right. Yep. I mean, why did they have to show it now? We all, we all know he's sad. Right. The, the interesting part is, I mean, the TV, the TV deals, it's, you have to film what sells. Right. And it, it's very funny. Uh, I'm going to just call it what it was. In the in the um, uh, college football playoffs, the cameramen were consistently getting shots of very upset fans, and then you look to the Super Bowl, like they're going to get shots of the players that are weeping, and like then the players that are celebrating because that's what people are going to look at. They're going to yeah. be like, "Oh no, you know, look at him." But sucks. no, I think <laughs> I think it was. I will say it was kind of funny on the play. Um, he pushed Mahomes out of bounds and he goes, he slides down into the sidelines and he did what I think. Um, I think he acted very well. Like he was like, Oh, my knee, my knee. I didn't mean to do that. Oh, it was my knee. Cause he knew, I mean, he knew. And I thought that was funny that he was like, I'm injured. I'm injured. It's my knee. They're like, well, yeah, we know don't that, care. That's I mean, a, that's a, was flag. he hurt? I mean, I don't know. He wasn't hurt. He was just, How do you know? how do you know? I know. I know he wasn't hurt. Well, it was a it was a bad way to end the game. So now, okay, Eagles, Chiefs, who's the winner? So I think um, both championship games, Niners and Eagles, that ended up being a very tough game because the quarterback they couldn't even throw the ball. Oh, but well, yeah, that Brock game, Purdy was done and early on, well, and he had to play changed. and he couldn't throw. Right, so well, it's kind of hard. I think yeah. it's it was um, it was interesting. It was the first time since 1998 that the spread on both championship games was under three points. So both games were predicted to be under a field goal. Now, obviously people got injured. In you the just quoted NFC. that from 1998. That's what it was. It, they hadn't wow. been, both games had not been that close spread wise. And since 1998, the fact that you so, know, that is, a, I don't know if that, I mean, that's, you've been reading. You can look it up. You can fact check it. I don't question you. It just, you kind of pulled that out. And I'm like, wow, that's some detail there. Okay. I'm, uh, you're the one that told me. I knew a lot yeah, about football. Yeah, so, I'm going to question you. Know. you. Okay. All right. But I will say neat, both games, um, I mean, I enjoy being in Indiana right now. Sports betting is legal. So I enjoy losing money, right? <laughs> and that I don't was, enjoy you losing money, but anyway, go enough. ahead. And so both championship games were typically I can look at it and like kind of say, yeah, I, you know, 
based on, you know, Joe Burrow or whatever, I think that it'll be within X amount of points, or I think they'll, they'll go win both games. I was like, I have no idea. So I'm not putting any money on the table because I truly don't know what's going to happen. I do feel that way about the Super Bowl too. Um, I feel more confident in the chiefs because they've been there. Yeah. They know what's happening. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles are young. I mean, n- now, when I say they're young, I mean their offense is inexperienced in big games like this. Their defense is not. Their defense is very much. They know what's going to happen. Yeah. The other, the other piece of it is the Eagles have not played a meaningful four quarter, like complete full quarters since like probably late November, early December, because they haven't had to. They clinched the division. They clinched their playoff spot in December, and then they let everybody heal. They said, okay, you heal. Like, you don't have to play. You don't have to play. Like. Everybody heal, and then they got to the playoffs, and they had they had to go play the Giants, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, not good quarterback, definitely someone I would like to see in the playoffs if I was a fan of the Eagles, and then they had to go play, um, they had to play the Niners, yeah. and they had Brock Purdy, third string, last pick, Brock Purdy, who yeah, gets injured, 10, and then ten game winning streak, right? I mean, yeah, know, but did pretty good. He gets. Again, he gets injured, and now you have Josh Johnson, who's played for half the teams in the NFL in his career. Good for him. Get a paycheck, right? But he has played for half the teams in the NFL, and now you (laughs) expect him to do that? And then he got a concussion. So now you have to put Brock Purdy back in, and he can't throw the ball because he he needs Tommy John now. It was tough. So I I think they haven't quite been battle-tested where they go from Daniel Dimes Brock Purdy, Josh Johnson, and now all of a sudden they have to go play arguably the best quarterback maybe of all time. You know, we might be well, saying that in 20 years, but I certainly think that he's on that he's on that path. I mean, yeah, he's, so he's got I think it's going to be already. right. I think it's going to be quite a wake up call for the Eagles. Like, oh, okay, yep, this is Patrick Mahomes. This is well, Travis Kelsey. So, and if, and if Mahomes's ankle is healthy, I think he's completely unstoppable. And I think now that's by, yeah. I, I think, think by that, then he'll be he'll be a lot healthier than he was last Sunday. I agree. Now the weird thing about that injury is a high ankle sprain in any sport at any level is like a five to six week injury. Like you are in a walking mm-hmm. boot right away. Yeah, but he's probably getting he, therapy twenty four seven. I agree, but you look at the NBA and you have a high ankle sprain. That's five to six weeks. You're not playing, and he somehow managed. I'm. It's a little fishy. I think the Chiefs kind of duped some people and said, "Oh, it's a high ankle sprain." He, he, he was like limping. He was. That's limping. not to. Say, that's not to say it wasn't an ankle sprain. I'm just saying a high ankle sprain. That's like we can't move the foot. It's going to take like four weeks before we can really like move the foot and move. Well, and he. I, I mean, he was tough as nails. I mean, just watching it hey, on TV. You know, so I, yeah, I'm I going mean, Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs by by over. I'm going to go double digits by ten. Oh, for sure. I don't know about that. I don't oh, think the Eagles sure. are prepared. Yeah, Chiefs by 10. That's what I'm saying. Well, hey. We'll see. Then bet the Chiefs because I think the Eagles well, are I live in Texas, right so I'm not going to do any sports betting. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but we'll have, a, we'll have a gentleman's bet, and I'm going to go Chiefs by 10. So I, I do right, think so, the Chiefs will pull it off. So let's, uh, let's do a quick wrap on the game changers. So. I had Charles Mann, Walter Payton, Reggie White. You had who? I had J.J. Watt, John Madden, uh, and Jalen Hurts. I had okay. honorable mention Drew Brees, though. Okay, so who's the number one? Um, 
I think you would say John Madden, but I will personally say JJ Watt because that's who I grew up with. That's who I watched and that's who influenced me. Good call. I like it. My number one is Walter Payton. So game Fair changers enough. right here. Number one, Walter Payton. You got JJ. Do you Watt. have do you have anything to t- do you have anything to tell the listeners? Um, I mean, my name is Payton. You're a Bears fan. I don't know. Is that coincidence? Yeah, is that so I will just say this. Uh you know, when when you were a toddler and we had a dog and his name was Lambo, and there. people would say, we live in the Chicago area, and people would say, Newkirk, what are you doing with a dog named Lambo? Lambo Field, Green Bay Packers? And I would say, I know, but my son's name is Peyton. Mm. Fair enough. That's a good uh, up yours, mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh well we'll just leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> hey thank you so much for coming on the game changers podcast yeah. i hope you had a good time and you know come on back i think it was fun talking yeah. football with you so yeah I, I really appreciated uh you extending the invitation for me to come on of and course. talk football yeah i don't anytime, know anybody uh, out there who knows who, who i can talk with about football who knows any more than you do so that's probably fair i that's probably (laughs) fair so thanks for coming on absolutely and listeners thank you for tuning in to the game changers with jeff newkirk podcast and before i sign off i'm going to give you my game changer for the week and my game changer for the week his name is mr kyle wormington now Kyle Wormington is a local guy here in the Houston area, and he owns a roofing company called Peak Performance Roofing. So why is he my game changer for the week? So what I learned about Kyle is he started his business about a year ago or so. So anybody who has started a business, you know, that's a pretty tough road. And Kyle has dedicated this year to meet some goals. He's done a great job with his business. And he is giving a veteran a free roof because he thinks it's the right thing to do. So here's a guy who served the country, went to the went to Vietnam, and is kind of on tough times. And Kyle said, We're, you're getting a free roof. You need it. You're getting one. We're going to do it for you. Kyle just started his business. So that is that is really serving. Kyle. Great job. You are my game changer for the week. All right. And my sponsor, Outstanding DNA, men's underwear on a mission. So Outstanding DNA, they make men's underwear and they support veterans programs by donating a portion of their revenues to support veterans programs that are nonprofits for PTSD survivors and those that are are suffering from PTSD. So my sponsor, Outstanding DNA, you go to the Outstanding DNA website and your first purchase, you get 15% off by entering the code SOLUTIONS, that's S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope today, I'm not going to say that. I said a long time ago, I'm not going to say the word hope. So rewind. Today was a great day. Tomorrow will be even better. Peace, everyone.